living the word today. So, every time we open this book, it is a fresh opportunity for God to talk to us. Let's make sure, let's make very sure that we are listening to what he wants to say to us. Livingthewordtoday.com. Look, the message of the Bible does indeed prepare us for eternity, but it also prepares us for the day we are currently living. Welcome to Living the Word Today. We invite you to spend the next few minutes studying God's Word with your Bible teacher, Jesse Wagoner. Pastor Wagoner's desire for you is not only to understand God's truth, but to help you live it today. More resources can be found on our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Now it is time to open your heart and your Bible for your time in the Word. Thank you so much for your encouragement over these many weeks that we've spent together in the Word. Now, we come into a special section this morning that lists a whole bunch of names, most of them we are familiar with. If you're a student of the Scriptures or you're familiar with the stories, the narratives from Scripture, you understand that these are the, these are the great, sometimes we call them the heroes of faith. This chapter has been, been described as a portrait gallery of all of these great personalities that we see in Scripture. And they're all instructive of this very, this very same thing. Because you'll notice as you look there in chapter 11, and we're going to begin in verse 4, but it begins with the words, by faith. That appears 17 times in this chapter. So you kind of get an impression that this is the point. <laughs> by faith, all of these people that we hold up as these great virtuous examples for us, the writer of Hebrews tells us they did what they did by faith. And he's calling them to say, don't, don't live by sight. Don't go back to how you feel. Don't get back to all those things that are the outside circumstantial pressures that we feel to determine your behavior and your followership of Christ. But instead, by faith, believing that these things are true. And we talked about that in verses 1, 2, and 3 last week. And recall where we've seen that faith was def defined. And basically it comes down to this. Faith is accepting truth that we cannot see based upon God's faithfulness and God's truthfulness as it's revealed in the Word of God. God said it. We believe it. We act upon it. Even though we don't have any visual, we don't have any other guarantee of certainty other than His Word and His Word is sufficient. So all of these people that we're going to look at were people who, by faith, did exactly that. They believed God's Word, even though they couldn't see it, they hadn't experienced it, there was promises yet to be fulfilled. And in doing so, they leaned on what God had revealed, and they leaned on the fact that God was faithful and God is truthful. The great news is, you and I can do the same this very moment. Because God's truthfulness and God's faithfulness is just as sure as it's ever been, God's Word is just as firm and foundational as it's ever been. And you and I can follow these examples, okay? Now, we're going to look this morning at verses 4 through 6 as we think about the, the reward of faith, faith's reward. And I draw that title and that concept out of what you see in the end of verse 6. So get down to verse 6. We're going to, we're going to look at the end, and then we're going to flash back to the preceding verses 4, 5, and so forth. But verse 6, he says, but we looked a little bit at this last week. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, obviously, but believe, believe, there you see that faith in action. And that he is a rewarder 
of those who diligently seek him. Part of what this belief is, that he is, that he is a person who will reward faith. Your faith in him, your trust in him, your confidence in him, there will be a a reward waiting because of that faith. And then how do we react to that? Look at the very last phrase of verse 6. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we have to come with this faith rewards concept that we need to believe that your faith, my faith, will be rewarded as we do believe it will be rewarded. That leads us to seek, follow, and pursue Jesus Christ. If you want the most basic designation, I think you can describe us as being, the Bible uses the term often disciple. I I like to take that concept and just put it in two words. But we are Christ followers. If you want to know who we are, what we're about, anyone wants to know out there who we are, who we are, we are followers of Christ. We seek Him. We follow Him. We pursue Him. Not in just blind faith, not just in some sort of hoping things are going to turn out all right faith, but in the certainty that these things that we do not see are true because God has said them and we can lean heavy on His truthfulness and faithfulness. Now, verse 6 is preceded by verses 4 and 5 where we have two persons who are named. Let me just read verses 4 and 5 and let's get the text out in front of us and then we're going to talk about these two individuals. Verse 4, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and and through it he, being dead, still speaks. Second person, verse 5. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because he had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God, but without faith. And then we go back to our verse. So Abel and Enoch. Now, as you look at this list, as you go down this list, after these two, you run into Noah. You run into Moses. You run into Samson. You run into, uh, you run into Daniel. You run into Joshua. You run into Rahab. You run into all these great people of the faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all these great people of the faith. All these people had wonderful, amazing exploits for God. But he starts with two, but on the outset, doesn't look like they accomplished very much. In fact, they only appear in Genesis 4 and Genesis 5. So he starts chronologically in the beginning. But one of them is mentioned in six verses, one of them is mentioned in eight verses. Okay, Uh, So these are, shall we say, if they weren't in Hebrews 11, they'd be sort of rather obscure characters in the Bible. He doesn't start with anybody who's a great hero. Samson who killed all those Philistines. It's not about Moses who led the people through the wilderness for 40 years. It's not about Abraham, the one who received the the promise of God. It's not about those people, but it's about Abel and Enoch. And there's a particular reason that he picks those out that I've come to believe, and I'll share that with you in just a little bit. But first of all, I want you to understand, faith's reward is not just for the extraordinary people. 
not just for just not for the, the heroes, not just for the celebrities, not for the famous, not for the people that are that everybody knows their name, right? And I think that's part of the reason. Because I would imagine, forgive me if I'm judging you, okay? But I would imagine most of us do not feel particularly extraordinary when it comes to service for God and for doing things for Him. Uh, most of us are a household name pretty much in the household that we live in. That's about it, okay? And a few friends and people around you. But, and we're not, we're not celebrities. We're not famous. Most of us don't desire to be. I'm sure being famous is probably not all that it's cracked up to be in some circles. Uh, I could go to McDonald's and eat a Big Mac and no one asks me for an autograph. I kind of like that. I mean, I think that's a pretty good thing, right? So it's not for the extraordinary. And he wants us to remember this, that he's a rewarder of those who pursue him, follow him, seek him. Because we have come to believe God's word is true and these promises of God is true. And we just follow that. We pursue that. We live that. We believe that. We share that. We act like that is all true in our emotional sense as well. Now let's talk about these two and what it was that they accomplished. You might want to mark your place in Hebrews, which I'm about to do, and go back quickly to chapter 4 of Genesis. I know that's a big jump, but at least it's the very beginning of the Bible and you should have not, have, not have too much trouble finding it. Now, Abel was one of Adam and Eve's sons, okay? We are told in, in chapter 4 that, uh, that her firstborn, Eve's firstborn son, was a man named Cain. Her secondborn son was a man named Abel. And we were also told that they had different professions. Abel was a keeper of the flocks, okay? So he, he, he raised animals, okay? And, uh, and also we know that, uh, and by the way, Abel was a sheep herder primarily. And we also know that Cain was a tiller of the ground. He raised crops, okay? So in this agricultural setting, one was raising sheep and one was raising uh, crops, if you will. And then we're told... In verse 3, and it came to pass, in the process of time, I'm sorry, it came to pass, that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord, and Abel brought of the firstborn of the flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, it's not my purpose to go into Cain's story, but it's a, it's a very ugly one, okay? Suffice to say that. But we also know that what happens to Abel as a result. Verse 8. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. End of story. That's not a very big biography. Can we just say it that way? He brought an offering. God was pleased. He was the first murder victim in history. That's it. That's it. That's, that's all he did. But you understand something. As it just says back in Hebrews, that, that it, his, what he did still speaks to us. And he just uses this in illustration of saying, what we can do still is honored by God. And you might say, I, I don't have any great exploits. What did he do? He simply did this. He brought an offering in faith. And that we know that because of Hebrews. Now, there's this big argument. And uh, I, I could have wasted way more time than I probably already did looking at all the study of this about like, okay, and one of the arguments goes, well, blood sacrifice, we see that all through Hebrews, right? Blood sacrifice was a ne necessary offering for sin and uh, not anything else. So maybe Cain disobeyed, he, he knew better, but he disobeyed and he brought the wrong stuff to God. Or so the argument goes. 
That is possible. I don't discount that. But I think when you go to Hebrews, it says, By faith Abel did what he did. Because, let's face it, you can bring the right stuff and still not please God, right? I mean, even if they both brought sheep to sacrifice, it could still be wrong. For instance, many of you, when you came in this morning, put some offering in that basket back there. We don't make a big deal out of our offering as far as part of the service, but it's there. And you give, and you give faithfully, and we give generously, and I appreciate it, and I know God is pleased by that. But you also know... If someone is living wickedly, someone doesn't believe in God, not one of his children, it is possible that they could walk in these doors and drop some money in that offering plate, correct? Or it is possible for us who are children of God, who have our heart just really dark and our heart really, maybe we're walking in willful sin and we're just, we're just putting on the front as far as our zeal and our passion for God. And you could put something in that offering basket. And I don't think God is as pleased with one as the other. And by the way, God can do without our money. God could do without sheep. God could do without a grain offering. God was doing all right before he made Adam and Eve all together, okay? But he wants us to connect with him in heart and in faith, and our outward actions display that. So if we come and bring an offering to God with a right heart, God is pleased because you believe that he is. And that's how we please God. And he's a rewarder of those who seek him by doing the things that he calls us to do out of a heart of faith. And we don't do it to gain God's favor, but we do it in appreciation for God's favor that we've already received in Christ. So, enough of that. But he comes and makes his offering. His brother is jealous and angry and, and he, he murders his brother End of story. Now, you might want to mark your place in chapter 4 because we're going to be right back to chapter 5 in just a moment. We go back to Hebrews for just a moment. By faith, verse 4 says this, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So he's drawing a contrast. And part of what he's implying here, and this is the greater context that we've looked at all the way since April, and that was the contrast of their faith that was founded in Judaism, but leaving out the solution to the sin problem in Christ, fulfilling the Old Testament scriptures. So if you go back to that, that you're, you're in the way of Cain. You're doing the right thing or you're doing something, but it's not based upon a connection to me through faith. You don't believe in me. And, and we have to believe in Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So we understand it's fixed in him. So, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous... So he obtained this witness that he was righteous. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a bit. But that was an indication that he was connected to God through faith. The great theme of the book of Romans is that we are justified by faith. We're made right by faith. Faith that's in an object, in the person of Christ, in his finished work on the cross. But it, it is a faith that saves us. It's not our works, it's not our efforts. Our efforts and our works come after as we have accepted him in faith. All right, so let's go to Enoch for just a moment. It says, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. So go back to chapter 5 for just a moment. It's going to be our last turn, all right, for those of you that just like to keep your Bible in one spot, okay? Now, Enoch only shows up in one of those genealogical passages. If you're a reader of the Bible, you know, where it says somebody, you know, had somebody and 
their offspring and their parentage and all that. Chapter 5 is the family of Adam from Adam's generation down to Noah. Okay? And as we get into chapter 6, it's Noah's story going forward. So it's the bridge chapter between Adam and Noah, and he lists all of these descendants that are there. Okay? And in the midst of this, it tells us that Jared, who was his father, in verse 18, after he begot Enoch, Jared, Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and he had sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. People lived a long time. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. So it tells us this. Uh, verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. That's his son. And, but primarily it looks like it's just stating the firstborn of these these families. There's other children besides, as you see. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. That's the end of Enoch's story, except for this little, this little caveat, this little appendix. And Enoch walked with God, verse 24, and he was not, for God took him. He walked with God, and he was not. Where's Enoch? I mean, he might have been the first person that could got his picture on a milk carton, okay? He was the first missing person. Where is he going? And the conclusion is, according to Scripture, he was not around because God just took him without facing death. And you'll see that in Hebrews a little more clearly. And uh, so he, he says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not for God took him. Methuselah lived 187 years and begot Lamech. And then the story goes forward. Now think with me. There's something very key about his story in this walking by faith. And you would almost overlooked it. It says, Enoch lived, verse 21, 65 years and begot Moselah. And, he begot Methuselah, and after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. After Enoch, shows, after Enoch begots Methuselah, who, who, who we're going to talk about in just a moment, he walked with God. You know what I think happened? I think, he tell, I think he's giving us a clue to a story that I've heard many, 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 many times. As I've talked to people, you know, maybe they're joining the church, they're coming for baptism, tell me your story of faith, how did you come to know the Lord? And oftentimes I hear this, well, we were living and I went to school and I did this and I did this and I got, we got married and we, you know, we bought a car and we bought another car and we bought a house and we're busy with the careers. And, and finally this child came along. This child comes along that I'm now responsible for, and they have nothing but needs starting out. And suddenly you have, a, have this generational connection of someone's going to outlive you. And, and many times I've heard people say, you know, when we had kids, I just, we just realized we need to get back in church, or maybe we realized there's something more important, or maybe we've been living our lives for ourselves, and maybe, you know, and sometimes, they, they, sometimes those folks tiptoe into church. You've heard it, haven't you, Pastor? They tiptoe into church. Well, we need, we need a little religion for the kids, so... We'll just drop them off or we'll take them to Sunday school and I'm not really interested. And then they start hearing God's word. And the Spirit starts pursuing them. And eventually they come to embrace faith in Christ. I kind of think that's, that's, that's Enoch's story. 65 years old, which seems a little old for us to be bearing children, but a different scale in those days. And he suddenly has this child and suddenly he gets serious with God and it says he walked with God after that point for 300 more years. I think that's what takes place. Now, back to Hebrews. I love that Hebrews gives us sort of the, the surety of the story about what it means that he was no longer around. But it says in verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Would anyone like to sign up for that exit? I would love to sign up for that exit if, it were, if, that, if, there, was a, if there was a list you could get on. 
I do know this. Some generation, it might be ours. I don't know. But there's going to be some generation that's going to go directly into God's presence without facing death. And by the way, I don't fear death. The dying part, I don't, I'm not really excited about. Okay, you understand? The, the part on this side of getting you there is not that much fun oftentimes. But death itself, you go into God's presence. So he's just walking along, minding his own walking with God business. And I think there's something about that walking with God. He was obsessed with God. He loved God. He served God. Everything was about God. I think he just kind of took one more step in life and he put his foot down in heaven and he thought, I'm still walking with God. I, don't, I, I think it, was a, it had to be a shock of some sort, but it seemed natural. It seemed like the progression, and he's with God. So we understand that he says that it, this is what is testified in verse 4. God testifying, I'm sorry, verse 5, uh, but he was... But before he was taken, he had this testimony, here it is, that he pleased God. Abel's faith was seen in his offering. Enoch's faith was seen in what God did for him. And maybe we'd call it this way. He translated him into heaven without facing the process of physical death. And it just reminds us of this, that you and I are people who can pursue God Follow God and seek God because God rewards faith and you do not have to be extraordinary to experience that. Two rather ordinary people, very compact stories, and does it. What's God call us to do? You and I need to covenant that we're going to spend time with God every day and we're going to follow him every day. You're spending time with him right now. Thank you for that. Let this not be the last time this week you spend some quality time with God. Spend some time with him every day. Talk to him, read his word, find some devotional pattern that, that pulls you into his presence. Secondly, face reward is not just for the influential. And I'm going to kind of summarize this. But there's something that these two is simply this. They were not influential because they had short lives. Now, I think you get that with Enoch, okay? He grows up, he makes an offering, his brother kills him, he died prematurely. You may not think of Enoch being... Uh, a particularly young man at dying at age 365, all right? But if you think about this, his father Jared, who before him lived 962 years, his son after him was the oldest man who ever lived, lived 969 years. In fact, if you go through all the people in this story, the majority of them lived over 900 years, and this was common. So basically, Enoch lived about a third of the lifespan of people of those times. So I know it sounds strange, he died at 365 and he died a young man, but his life was very short compared to the comparisons of the age. The fact of the matter is, they didn't have the expanse of time that others had to be influential, to accomplish things that maybe we do. And I don't know about you, I don't know if you feel like your life is short or you got lots of years ahead of you. I, all I can tell you is this, no one knows tomorrow. No one knows what's coming. But I do know this, we can walk by faith today. We can believe God today. And all he wants us to do is just take the next step believing him. Take the next step in following him. And I think he gives us this reality to remind us that walking with God is accessible to everybody. Not just the Moseses and the Noahs and the Abrahams and so forth. But walking with God is acceptable to all of us. So we walk with God. We spend time with Him daily. Secondly, I want to put this into your thinking, and this is going to be no great shock. We need to worship Him deeply. 
what did Abel do? He comes and just offers God the only thing that God had instructed him to do, and he brings an offering, and God was pleased with it. And notice what it says in the end of verse 4, and though he being dead, still speaks. <laughs> We're talking about him today, a long time after the fact. And, and, and you have Enoch, it's just the fact that he walked with God, and this was his testimony that proves that he was a righteous follower of, of the Lord. And we respond in worship. Worship is just expressing our heart to God. I told you about giving. That's one way that we do that. We do that with our praise. We do that with our choices to obey. We do that with how we spend our time. You've given time to listen to me for about 30 minutes this morning, and I thank you for that as we spend God's time and word. But we give him our time. We give our time in service. We give him our time in, in devotion, in praise, in prayer, in fellowship. And I would just encourage us all to think about those two things, our walk and our worship as we worship with God. Lastly, faith's reward is for those who simply believe. Now we're back to verse 6. Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. But if you believe that he is and you come to him, you do please him. Through our walk, how we live our lives, spending time with him, and in our worship, how we respond to him, and our actions and our behavior and our belief. Faith reward is for those who believe. And then the end of the verse, and that he is a rewarder. A rewarder. God gives rewards. God promises rewards. God has great rewards. God can deliver great rewards. And the greatest rewards is simply this, that we will enter his presence like Abel did, even in a tragic, violent death. And we will enter his presence just like Enoch did, although he departed in a much gentler way. But the point is, we can enjoy God's presence today, and someday we will fully enter his presence. Let me put a sentence up to summarize this. When it comes to Abel, his, the righteous through faith enter the Father's presence. He was righteous through faith and entered the Father's presence. Abel is the first part of that sentence, all right? The righteous through faith. He was a person who believed God, and it was seen in this offering that he brought. Now take that same sentence, let's apply it to Enoch. He emphasizes the second part of that. The righteous through faith enter the presence, the Father's presence. That's Enoch, that's the second one. Flip the slide, if you will. The righteous, enter through, the righteous through faith enter the presence of God. Abel's about faith, that's how you get there. Enoch's about what you get, the reward. He experienced that when he got there. The great news is you can have that sentence apply equally to you as it does to Abel and Enoch. Through faith, you enter the Father's presence. Have you believed in Him? Have you trusted in Him? Have you come to Him for faith? Have you been made righteous through Jesus? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Those who come to God must believe that He is. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. If you've never trusted Him, or that is an open question, Pastor Tim is going to be here at the front. I'll be at the back. If you want to speak to one of us at the conclusion of the service, we stand ready to do it. The closing song this morning is Jesus, only Jesus. Let those words flow through your mind. It's only him. It's only him. And we want you to be a person that someday fully enters the presence of God. Why? Because you've been made righteous through faith. Only righteous people go to heaven. And righteous people aren't people who live better than everybody else. Righteous people are people who have God's righteousness applied to them because they believed in Jesus. And if that's an open question for you, if that's something you need, you seek out that help that you need. For all of us, let's walk with him. Let's spend time with him. Let's worship him.
Let's express our heart in every way we have. Why? Because God is a rewarder of those who seek him. God is a rewarder of those who follow him. And God is a rewarder of those who simply come to this place that we follow and pursue him with our whole being. May God help us. Thank you for joining us for Living the Word today. We appreciate your sharing in this study of the scriptures. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you will not miss a single episode. And thanks, too, for your prayers and for letting others know of this ministry as we seek to be living the Word today. We would love to have your feedback and to hear from you. And the best way to contact us is through our website, livingthewordtoday.com. Until next time, may His blessing be yours.